Welcome to the id. Living with ADHD in the arts, fitness, and in general life. We will be having weekly guests, hearing stories, going through the minefield that is now life with ADHD, or knowing people with ADHD. Learning maybe some new communication skills, or at least just sharing some crazy stories. So thank you again for joining us on The Id. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Here we are. Episode four. We've, we've made it to episode four. And my guest today is a dear friend of mine, Ashley. Hi. How you doing? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time out to do it. Oh, I I'm appreciate glad to, it big time. Glad to be here. Glad to finally make it out to your place. After. Uh, yeah, it's the first time such as it is, <laughs> such as it is. I don't know. I struggle with it sometimes, but yeah. yes. So give us a little, just a little kickoff, a little start as to who we're talking to here. Um, so as you know, my name's Ashley. Mm -hmm. um, I've been friends with Jay now for what did we figure out about 15 it years was, going on? 15, yeah, it's 15, 15 somewhere within take. 15, 16 years transitional in there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you have just recently kind of sort of figured out that... You were with the ADH and the D's? Yeah, probably over the last year, I think. Mm. Only recently this mm -hmm. last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. If you just figured that out recently, was it something that was always looming in the background for you? Honestly, no. I didn't really consider it as something that might affect me. Um, I deal with anxiety okay so that has been diagnosed since i was in my early 20s and also depression um but majority anxiety so i think the adhd kind of went under the radar because of the symptoms um overlapping yes. or disguising one another yes. um so it wasn't until recently and through a series of just relatable things to people with adhd that i made the correlation that so would you say it was your life that probably moved you into that realization or would you say it's the time that we have found ourselves in socially yeah definitely covid really brought that to a it pushed it forward to a for point. you yeah um we spent a lot of times with our with ourself yeah <laughs> yes we did so yeah we had to kind of sit with ourselves for for months at a time right. and that really made me analyze a few things about myself that I probably avoided for many years. Did you perhaps maybe spend a little bit too much time in the old gray box there? Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I found some hobbies, which definitely <laughs> negated some of my uh, stress. Sure. But um, I definitely spent a lot of time in my own head. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you mentioned anxiety. Yeah. So which one? There's a bunch. It's a it's a blanket. You have anxiety, but what around kids or socially or or what? Oh, all of the above. Oh, all yeah. of the above. Oh, you're just. It's I don't just discriminate general... against okay, my anxieties. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, all of them. I have social anxiety. Yes. So crowds, groups more than three. Parties. Forget it. It's not <laughs> happening. It's not happening. It's funny. My. Uh, one of my first guests on Mitch, for those that remember in episode one, uh, she talked about the fact that 
COVID got her thinking about the fact that she was so very open and social. She liked to host a lot of parties and do things like that. And then after living in her head for a while, came to the realization that she has never liked it. Oh, and yeah, I can see it that. It was basically a lie that she was telling herself. Trying to be extroverted. Trying to be something that she wasn't. Yeah. And now is second guessing. That yeah. is me. Oh. I, I did that. Yeah. As you know. Now, how would Ashley know this? Ashley, how would you know this? We've, oh, we've spent a little bit of time together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Working together mm -hmm. um, in various forms. Various um, forms, yeah. And just as friends in yeah. the latter years. Uh, so I think and it hasn't been all sunshine and roses has it it has not no no it has <laughs> there's going to be some honesty in this one well there's honesty in all my my podcast but in this one um yeah there's going to be some honesty in this one there's That's, some moments we've had our moments we've had our moments it's true it's true but for the better for the better now absolutely I think. yeah absolutely yeah uh so here we are with that, are you from this province? We're here in good old Nova Scotia, Eastern Canada. Yes, I am from here. Um, I grew up living in Fall River. Um, Fall for, River. Yeah. yeah. And now I reside in Timberley. Right. Which is kind of sort of just down the road from me here in good old Seabright. Yes, it's about 15, 20 minutes, yeah. depending on how fast you drive. So we're rural. We've gone agrarian. Yes. <laughs> and... I can't say I dislike it at all. I will probably never live in town again for a host of reasons. I agree. Yeah, I no. agree. I enjoy being a little bit out, but close enough right. that right. jaunting to the city isn't a big ordeal. Right. So for yourself, you have recently also just undertaken a, a change, a fairly decent change for somebody tipping in at... In her mid-30s. Yes, I just turned 37 yesterday. No, the day before? Thursday, whatever yes, day of the week yes, we are right that's now. Right, so, yeah. yeah. And what have you done? Um, so I quit my job about six months ago and then went back to school for dog grooming. How was that for you? It was great. Um, the decision was not, as you know from knowing me, I don't make take making drastic decisions lightly no um as you probably remember me showing up in yeah. tears at your yeah. shop a yeah. few times going i don't know what i just did yeah. the right choice and, um yeah. so it wasn't taken lightly um at the time i was g going to go back to school for something different and then in the last moments made the switch to dog grooming what were you going to do before uh, i was going to do vet assistant okay so we're still in you're an animal with range. The, oh, yeah, you're in the range. Yeah. Okay. So in a range of something similar, but obviously drastically different at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then at the last minute, um, just based on people that know me probably better than I know myself, um, threw the ideas into my head. And sure. I latched onto them. And nice. Yeah. So uh, you graduated when? Like high school? No, no. Oh, from I'm the like, job. Like, the, Jay, that was like 20 years ago. It's like, Jesus, I don't remember yesterday. Uh, no, from, from dog. Yes, you had to go to a, 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 a place to learn. It, when did you graduate from dog group? In December. Okay, in of December. This, so of last year. Really recently. Recently, yes. And you had a job right away. Yes, yeah. And how's that going so It's far? going great. I absolutely love it. It was definitely the right 
choice. The right choice. The right choice, for sure. Okay, so now we're going to start peeling back a couple of layers. Okay, let's go. Yeah, so you've made... I suppose it's more popular now to make these kinds of changes for, for I'm going to classify you as a younger person to only from myself in relation to myself. Whereas somebody at my age doing a move like that then would have been unheard of to just change a vocation like that, quit, not have the backup plan and then move into it. Knowing what you know about yourself, Mm and your ad of the h and the d's would you have worked that transition differently or are you completely just pink with the way you did it um i'm happy with how it went Mm -hmm. um i don't know if i would have done it any i don't think i could have done it any differently um planning is not my forte i understand so once i make a decision it's kind of it's got to be rapid fire or right. I'll hesitate and abort mission. Right. Yeah. So have you been like that pretty much consistently through your life thus far? Is that kind of, was that more exasperated by current events and COVID? And uh, no, I've been pretty much like that right. my whole life. Any major life decisions financially and just like now with this decision, just having a family like to, re- to worry about. Um, that was that was tough but right yeah so on top of everything your changes and all that kind of stuff that you've that you've recently put into play for yourself and working out you're also a comparatively new mom of a five-year-old six six six, six, six and a half now, now. sorry yeah That's my godson and i didn't know that i'm so sorry <laughs> anyway uh covid years don't count so yeah so. okay <laughs> yes i'm gonna go with that uh and uh a, a pretty awesome guy as a husband yes, who himself really <laughs> has the H of the D's and everything. And uh, he'll be on too, everybody. So look forward to that one. Yes. And he is much funnier than I am. So it'll be way <laughs> more enjoyable. <laughs> oh, I think we all have our strengths for sure. Um, so all of that must have been one hell of a decision, especially with how things are going right now from a safe quote-unquote safety standpoint within the the family so obviously your dynamic is a little bit different in your household yeah I wouldn't have been able to make that decision if it wasn't for my husband for sure not having or having that support I guess Mm -hmm. was really like what drove me to to know I, I could do it right you know like he he just believes got, in me more than I believe in myself. He got right up behind that and said, yeah, do it. A hundred percent. Awesome. Because not only like, I guess we should explain that. Like when I went to school, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to school here in Nova Scotia. Right. I was in New Brunswick. So that was like, right. I was gone for the week and home on the weekend. So right. the dynamic of our family was definitely changed for a few months. Right. So. And for others that don't know the layout of the Maritimes, Nova Scotia is is one province and New Brunswick is a totally different province that is hours away and large. So this would require huge amounts of traveling. Uh, So it was just better for Ashley to stay away from home and live in New Brunswick for this and commute on the weekends, which can do very interesting things to a household structure. 
Especially with a six-year-old. Especially with a six-year-old yeah. and a dog. And a dog. And a dog. <laughs> so let's touch on that a little bit. Okay. So as we know, we like a certain amount of rhythm, as I'm sure you're getting accustomed to now that your life has a particular rhythm to it, a progress. Mm -hmm. We don't like to have things interrupted. We like to move in a certain way. Routine. Routine. Yes. Structure. So that has been freakishly interrupted for your family between COVID and school. Yes. How did that, uh, how'd that work out for you? Um, COVID was definitely, for me, I didn't mind the break. To be honest, um, I loved my old job, yeah. um, but I put 150% into it. Yes. So the burnout's real. Yes. And a forced vacation wasn't, I realized, much needed. Uh-huh. So I can't complain about the the months off, to I, be honest. I mean, that that uh, honeymoon yeah. phase was very nice and could keep going. Yeah, I I've heard that a lot. Yeah. And home? Home, it was interesting because the first bout of COVID uh, lockdown, we were not living in our house. We were still living with my in-laws. So we had my mother-in-law, my father-in-law, me, my husband, our son, and my brother-in-law all in one household. So there was no loneliness. Yeah. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the the next year we had found our house, and when we right. were on lockdown, as just the three of us, right. and that provided very different challenges. Yes. Um, because at least when we were living with the in laws, we had a rotation of child entertainment for a six year old. Right. Um, being alone in the house with two parents of the ADHD variety <laughs> and a child who, I mean, let's be honest, probably more than has well, some of know. his own symptoms, yeah. which, <laughs> you know, so like the three of us in a household together, it, it was a little bit different alone. I bet. Yeah. I bet some, uh, good and bad in there. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. Column A, absolutely. column B. Yeah. Just different challenges. Yeah. Yeah. Are you definitely a little bit more at peace now that it's just singled out a bit more to you guys or were you okay having that many people under one roof when you were with the parent-in-laws we got along great like Mm -hmm. there was no like living with your in-laws for some people could be very not a great time yes luckily i have great in-laws they're pretty awesome people i can't complain so and like i said it provided some relief when you have a child that's Mm -hmm of that age and they're constantly at you or looking for something to do, especially on lockdown when they're bored and having people to kind of spread around that, Mm -hmm. that energy was, was great because you didn't get burnt out or frustrated as easily because you had that backup. Absolutely. So, um, I wouldn't say one was better than the other. It was just very different. Very different. Right. So, okay. That being said, so here we sit. You guys have your house. Mm-hmm. Uh, con- congratulations on Thank that you. again. Always it, the the market here is so terrible. I applaud anybody who's managed to get it just before or managed to make it work. It's been quite something here. We were lucky. Yeah. On that front. So you have your you have your your safety, your cocoon. Um, but you are who you are now, and you're coming you're coming to grips with that. You are in grip of that. You're in grips of some of that, or you're working with it. Where are you? Um, I'm just 
living my life to be honest yeah. i don't i don't focus too much on it i think for me the realization just helped with like the aha uh -huh, like that's why i do this this way or that's why i act mm -hmm. this way in that situation mm -hmm. like for me they're more just being able to recognize why i'm doing or acting certain ways okay um because a lot of the a lot of the time i thought it was more just character flaw in my personality flaw yeah of like finishing people's sentences or <laughs> having my brain just like completely disassociate while people are talking to me because uh, I'm not interested in the conversation I as much as I'm understand. trying to appear that I'm interested in that conversation. 100%. Yeah. So it's like now I recognize while that's happening. Right. And I can control it a little better because okay. I'm able to kind of pinpoint that diversion in my interesting okay yeah. so you're not um some i've come to understand really want to you know button it down and control it and and be the winner and come out on top of it and kind of uh, force it a bit and i it's different for everybody yeah. so you're obviously not taking that route at all i'm not um i did the medication thing for a little while how did that work out for um you? the the cons of that definitely outweighed mm. the pros of that mm -hmm. for me so mm -hmm. i have gone back to just you. free dogging it on the on the adhd front fair enough yeah fair enough and uh, i would never say to anybody out there that one is better than the other i really wouldn't because these medications get to everybody differently they seem it's some of it is painted with a broad brush but I, i'm getting hints here and there that it really doesn't work for some and for others they couldn't even manage a day without it yeah and it's like there's different medications you can take and i sure. could have gone the route of trying the variety of mm. meds that are out there but that's a long it's a lot and i just didn't road i didn't feel the benefit of it yeah was there for right. for me right so right I, so do you have uh, and this is kind of a selfish question a little bit, I think. Do you have uh, object and personal? Um, oh, my God. And I just forgot what that's called. Uh, permanence? Object permanence. Yeah. I think you know based on my correspondence with you. I do. Where I, <laughs> I want, I want you to say it. The st um, seat is a little hot. A little, it's a, a little, little spicy hot. over here. Yeah, it um, is. Yeah, I definitely suffer from not remembering people right. a lot um objects definitely but people is a tough one for me um as jay knows months will go by and i don't text i don't call i don't anything jay's always the one that reaches out to me um to remind me that he exists which is great and he doesn't judge me for it's it it's true and i never will and i never will and the only reason why i put you on the hot seat is because this one's this one's hot too because i've come to learn it's really bad for me. I, yeah. It's I really bad for me. And uh, again, a lot of people out there, I haven't really given a full breadth of, of my situation, but I've also come to understand that a flaw, something that I saw as a flaw, just like you, why, why I went into that. I was taught that I was being disrespectful. I taught, you know, how, what's your problem or, you know, I have lost more people than I have kept because they felt shunned or whatever. 
and or it's neglected neglect oh very much neglected not thought about disrespected mm-hmm. and i didn't realize it was going on until two years ago yeah that's that's fair and covid really brought that to again there there we were in the id yeah. i was dealing with my brain the whole time and so did you reach out to people during that space when you were kind of left to your own devices that you started reaching out to those people again or did you realize that in that moment where it was like your phone was you weren't getting the text messages that that's when you realized you weren't maybe being as productive i asked i asked for this everybody i said don't be afraid to ask me questions (laughs) and she's asked me a good one i've learned that my perception of friendship is singular it's not what everybody else thinks friendship is i've also learned that communication for me is something that happens in a on a singular level and i have to know the person if i don't know the person i cannot communicate it's a facade yeah a mask it's it's masking yeah it's exactly what masking is and i've also learned that i learned my masking from the movies oh interesting my masking is uh i'm a movie phone uh nobody would know that but i love and collect movies ever since i was a kid and still do to this day and the place where most men keep sports statistics in their mind is full of every single quote every single scene every single bad guy good guy heroin anything from every movie i have ever seen so i have this broad breadth of characters that i can choose from when communicating with people now as a lot of people know i'm a tattooist mm-hmm. i'm also a photographer i'm a designer i'm a leather there's a I'm not going to bore you with the list. It's crazy. We'll have to do a whole other show. But that's my creativity side. Half of those jobs involve working with people. Yes. My communication with you seemed to be more natural almost right away. I think that's why we got into some of the trouble that we got into. Expectation might have been a little bit different back in the day. I think we expected a little bit of something from each other that that was I think m- like now looking coming. back I was thinking about this because obviously we had discussed our yes. previous relations yeah. um I think now looking back why maybe we butted heads back then was due to the to our own not ADHD just like neuro spiciness you it, know what I mean 100 percent 100 percent but I also those that masking that I was doing with pretty much every single client, which didn't mean the clients weren't getting a hundred percent me. They were. I've never lied to anybody. No, it's a tailored personality. It's is a what tailored I like to call personality. It. I don't know if that's necessarily like a bad. No, trait. but left to my own devices, mm. as you know, and and Ashley can back this up for anybody. It is not easy being my friend. That yeah okay that's fair. I understand that. That's fair. I understand that. And I, to anybody who's there, to, to all of you that are my friends, thank you. 
I admire you more than you know. Thanks for sticking around. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> sticking around. But again, that's one of those broad brush things for a lot of people with ADHD and whatever other associated bit of spiciness that comes with it because it never comes alone is it's we're difficult for the average. Yeah, and for a variety of reasons. Yeah, for a variety. <laughs> never the same. <laughs> so after learning that stuff about myself, uh, answering your question, I didn't like what I was seeing because communication is, so I have come to learn new terms, my love language. Mm. It's how I express affection for the people that are around me. So you yourself would have gotten it. My other friends would have gotten it. It's a very particular way that I communicate in total and complete honesty. Whereas somebody that I just met that's coming in to get work done. I can't do that. It can, it can be abrupt. For right. sure. So or off-putting, I should I sw say. Well, I switch if, it. I switch yeah. it out. I can't do that with other people. They, Customer they, service, Jay. Yeah, they'd it? run. They'd <laughs> run. So I adopt one of these personalities that seems to suit them. Mm -hmm. And it's worked. Yes. For 35 years, people. <laughs> 35 years I've been doing this job. But I had that job taken away from me, and now I've had to come to terms with how I communicate with people. As in friends and not customers. Yeah, because there were no customers. Exactly. You're not servicing. I'm not anybody. servicing anybody. I literally have to talk to them mm -hmm. and remember them. So object permanence for me became a huge, huge issue because I'd be sitting there and realized, uh, and I know it's going to be hard for some people to understand, but it really does happen to us. Oh, two months just went by and I haven't spoken to a single soul. Oh, yeah. I haven't texted my mother in weeks because I forgot. Right. <laughs> and it's not that you forget about your mother. No. It's that your mother isn't there. Yes. And then two weeks go by so quickly and you're busy. And and that thought brings you, know, you to mom. Yeah. Oh, all right, mom. Yeah. So I've been forcing myself to not, as you put it, reach out, but literally force myself to say, hey, how are you doing? just so I could hear somebody else's voice to trigger me off to start communicating again mm -hmm. because I had lost the urge to want to communicate. Yeah. I so I was literally rusty. So partway through that, I'm like, I'm not communicating. I'll start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Because that's how my mind works. It's like, you know, I'm already challenged enough as it is I have home insecurity there's financial problems you know people i'm no different than anybody else <laughs> let's just throw another job into the mix and put 150 percent into it yes that's it's, very much a j thing yeah to do. buy the equipment that i can't afford get it all done do six months worth of learning in two weeks then just put it up on the internet and go balls to the wall that's how i i roll yeah my husband's very much he in is that similar he boat is when it that, comes to the variety of hobbies that come through i have household. watched him transition through four of them yeah and that's just what you know about exactly yeah i'm sure there was two week versions of something in oh there my as god well. when i come home and there's a youtube video on about something <laughs> i'm like what is going to show up in, in an amazon package at my door in the next few weeks like what are we learning today <laughs> it's yeah okay so if that was if that's my experience with it what was yours? Because you definitely have a permanence issue. 
I definitely have a permanence issue. Um, I don't know if I even reached out to people. People reached out to me and Mm. when, luckily when people start that line of communication, Mm. I can continue going with it, but I'm never the one to really start that reach out to, to begin a conversation. Right. So I rely heavily on other people in that aspect unfortunately i I don't know and i don't know how to get better at that i don't know if that's even guess what you're this is you can't walk it off no you don't so you end up i literally i have i have a very small family but i have family members i have two half brothers so they're my brothers essentially one i haven't seen in over a decade he lives in town the other one is just further in a different direction kind of off of this road and it has been i haven't seen him since before christmas but i keep trying to make plans to be a part of his family because mm-hmm. there's also kids involved but it really is hit or miss as to again remembering you know so just like you if i was to get a call from them my phone would come out thank god and the schedule boom yeah. <laughs> and then and in they go or i'd forget oh yeah if i don't put it in my calendar it's calendar. not a real thing yeah you're in it yeah it's in the calendar it's a real thing yes because i'll that... get the notification at least a week before right and then i reset it for two days before and then reset it again a week before a you week go before. you will go that far yeah. out yeah wow okay because if not i'll make other plans over top of it that's right sometimes okay. Like, I'll double book things, which... Yes. Not that I do a whole lot of things. I really don't. No. But I only have two days a week in which I do any of the things. Right. So they tend to book up with the random errands, random things, right. random visits. Oh, no, I'm doing parents. this. When you, when you have both your parents that are divorced on both sides, my husband and myself, mm-hmm. that's, that leaves four separate parent households to visit. Right. So... And you manage that with scheduling. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, I'm more of like, oh, it's been a month since we went to my mother's. We should probably do that this weekend. But for the most part, they reach out. Yes. Yes. But yes. Okay. Oh, definitely. Okay. My dad yeah. called me the other day just to see how well, A, because it's also my birthday. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But he will generally call me. Sure. Um, okay. And then my mom mm-hmm. and my sister and I have a group chat on the go. So I rely oh. heavily on their participation in that group chat Interesting. for my engagement. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel that uh, your anxiety is part of all of this? It is part of the ADHD or you think that that's that little separate tag along that we usually I get? would say I don't like it's hard to say if I would say I suffer from ADHD. I suffer from anxiety. Gotcha. If that makes sense. Like I suffer from anxiety. I deal with ADHD. But I think because I know a lot of people that do have ADHD suffer from time management and missing appointments and Mm. being late and all of that. Whereas I heavily have anxiety. So I'm early forever. Like it it won't allow me to to miss that appointment. (laughs) Out of all the object, uh, object and personal permanence issues that you have, your anxiety has never been forgotten. (laughs) No, no, exactly. It's always reminding you it's there to all of the other issues. Right. So everything else is kind of underlying 
underneath my anxiety. So as I said, I'd be here at three. I'm here at 2.45 because if I'm not for like 15 minutes early for something, to me that feels late. If I arrive right on time for something, I'm my anxiety has gone through the roof. So if you had actually come here like straight on time, mm-hmm. got here at three, so let's say three. Yeah. Would that have counted to you as something that would have built an anxiety for the you? The whole drive here, I would have been almost angry at anybody that was driving slower in front of me. Every oh, red light I hit would have caused okay. me like, yeah, it's like a domino effect. Right. And even though I'd still get here right on time and I'm technically not late, that that would bother me. Right. Because it was, it went against the rhythm that you had set up for yourself. Yes. And if it wasn't your version of correct, mm-hmm. it's wrong. Yes. Very much so. Yeah, I've known that one for a while. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah, I've known that one for a while. Okay, well, yeah. So you definitely have this creative standpoint and definitely aren't afraid of challenging yourself because we just went through COVID lockdowns and you were definitely in two totally different living type situations when that Mm -hmm. was going on. And then you opted to leave your job that you had been at for some time with a whole group of people that you liked to do something completely different that was going to steer your life in a totally different direction. And you knew it was going to take you away from your family yet again. Yes. So in doing that, what was what was your end goal of that? What in taking what a lot of people would consider a risk, but the rest of us are like, I'll learn how to fly after I jump off that cliff. Yeah, um, that was my end goal was just mental happiness. Okay. Um, I had worked so long doing something that. I love doing, I was mm. good at doing, but mm-hmm. it was a very people pleasing job for me to have. Right. So it wasn't itching that hands on creativity that I needed to be scratched. Right. Does that make sense? Uh, well, to me, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I just, I had to make a change for myself. I was starting to get burnt out um, mentally mm-hmm. um, and needed to get back into doing something that had a more creative feel to it. Um, that stems from back when I used to do hair, right? um, which is what I was doing when we first met. Yes, that's right. Um, so I used to be a hairstylist and then through a series of random unfortunate events that I just won't get into because it's just not necessary to what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, I left that job and then had a series of, I would say desk jobs, I guess. Like, you worked at you worked at a bank. I worked at a bank at one point. I worked at which um, I thought head was completely of, bizarre. <laughs> yeah, administration. A lot of administration right. jobs, um, and I was very good at them. Um, I'm good at what I do. I'm able to keep people organized. And but, but again, you did too much of it, didn't you? I take that on, and I take it very personally, and I put 125 percent or 50 mm-hmm. or all of mm-hmm. everything I can put into it, and that becomes very draining. Because it's a people-pleasing component of my personality. Welcome to ADHD, everybody. There you go. There's part of that big brush. That yeah. is one of the lock, stock, and barrel big brush things that happens for people with ADHD. I, I understand what you're saying 100% when you say you don't suffer from ADHD. You suffer from your anxiety. Yes. And I think that that is put beautifully that is that's perfect yeah. other people might suffer from ADHD that's but true. I, per- I do not <laughs> that's true I don't suffer from ADHD 
I was made to believe that I was wrong. Yeah, that there right. was something wrong. Wrong that you I just was, needed to correct. Yeah, I was uh, uh, weak. I was uh, daydreaming. I was, you know, there's a whole host Unfocused. of things. My my age, people my age would have heard these things endlessly. Unfocused. He doesn't sit still in class. You know, you're painted with a very particular way when you're from that generation. Walk it off. Mm-hmm. He'll grow Smart out enough. of it. His face. <laughs> yeah. you know, pull your bootstraps up. What's yeah. wrong with you? Um, grow up. You're on the edge of that. I am, um, but also just being a female. Things went very differently. Things go very, and symptoms come out differently. So I did fine in school. I, I wouldn't say I was focused. I daydreamed through most of my classes, unless it was specifically interesting to me, obviously. Um, I daydreamed through most of those classes, but was able to maintain good grades. Right. So with nothing seemingly being the problem in my learning, I, nobody really questioned right were you the were you the calm don't rock the boat do what's expected absolutely absolutely so that's a standard thing pleasing and the just of con like avoiding confrontation of any form so just going with what was expected of me and what needed to be done right um in order to just maintain other people's emotions around me okay and that again you know, as we've heard others have said it, because I've had all, all women on so far, which is interesting. I have some men coming up, obviously, but uh, all women on, and they've all kind of said roughly the same thing. They were the softer side. They were the stereotypical women are less noticed to have it mm-hmm. because they just don't speak up because it's not within their nature to speak up at that time. It's all about another person's feelings or it's all about being calm and keeping everybody else yeah and pleased around them especially like at that time there was other situations going on sure in my my household that were rocky to say best Mm. um so i was trying to do my part Mm -hmm. in keeping the boat from rocking yes as much as possible to as there was incoming waves from other directions i guess right did you find that that limited some of your choices for yourself looking back or do you feel that you did pretty good with that and then moved on i think i did as best as i could given the situation um i wish i would have gotten a diagnosis for the anxiety a little sooner than i did and -hmm. dealt with that a little bit sooner i don't know if that went unnoticed in my household or if they were just trying to not notice because nothing really came of that until I specifically asked for help. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> I, I have a. I have a general feeling. Yeah, I, there was just so much going on outside yeah. of me in the household mm-hmm. that I just think it was just one more thing to deal with. But ironically, that's how most of us feel. Absolutely. There's always something else to deal with we're just that extra piece that'll be too much of a burden we're we put we're ourselves back way yeah, back yeah. we're the last ones to be thought about it's like no 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 everything's okay it's fine mm-hmm. and when you're a, a man in my generation that's what you did 
ball that stuff up and push your way down, I'm fine. I'll handle it for you. I'll do it. I'll take care of this. I'll pay for it. I'll deal, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was a double whammy there. And for the ladies, what I seem to be finding is, is that everybody just kept quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Doing ourselves a bit of a disservice, I would say, oh, in the long run. Definitely. But at the time, I don't know if I could have. I wouldn't have been able to do anything differently. A lot of realizations weren't there. Yeah. But oh, here we are in sure. a completely different universe. Yeah. Uh, so here you are. You've made your big change for yourself. Doing a job that let's just say is uh, I, I am reticent to use the word spiritually, but let's say more for the soul, more rewarding. Yeah. Making dogs look pretty again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? I have, I'm, I'm busy. Um, it's different every day. Um, it's challenging. Yeah. Um, don't work with dogs. Don't work with like, kids. I don't have time. Because what was happening before is like, if I had downtime, I was on my phone. I was doom scrolling. I was so, which creates a lot more anxiety and a lot more like just depression in myself. So now I have a job where it's like, I don't have time to be doing any of that Wonderful. so i'm mentally happier just based on that do you miss it miss doom scrolling no no i don't for anybody don't. who doesn't know doom scrolling is when you actually have your phone in your hand for an unmarked period of time and all you're doing is stimming it's again i've mentioned this in other podcasts it's it's almost a cheap form of control it's a it's a perceived way of calming a thousand things that go on in our heads is to just block it out with sheer tedium and nonsense. doom it's yeah nonsense in doom scrolling is literally just flicking through images small videos whatever none of which mean anything none of which take any time none of them are important but i have lost hours oh yeah a day yeah. doing it yeah um this morning i was almost late for my first appointment because i ended up doom scrolling for an hour and a half and I didn't even realize I had done it. Yeah. And I forgot breakfast. Oh, no. <laughs> so forgot I can be painted eat. with yeah. a fair, fairly large I've brush myself. Yeah. Well, how many times did you bring me my lunch or said, Jay, it's your birthday? Oh, yeah. Or, I have reminded Jay, you of Jay, your birthday yeah. a few times. Yeah, Jay, have you eaten today? Like it's <laughs> no, no. We we know where we are on this one. Yeah. So we've had these these massive changes come up. You're working with your family you know, and you have pretty broad understanding there as your husband is pretty much in exactly the same place that you are. Yes. Just goes about it in a different way. A hundred percent. We're very different on the symptoms. Absolutely. Aspect of it. But you have a six year old son. Yes. So my previous guests had no children and mm. could be focused on themselves. Other guests have had a lot of children. But those children are older now, so we, we have a certain context as to how they've gone through things. Mm -hmm. And they also come from a completely different generation and a completely different age, and in one case, a completely different part of the world from Britain. So here we are in the Maritimes. You're uh, young, together. How have you handled having a six-year-old son? It's tough to say the least. Um, being a parent isn't nope. is not an easy task. That's right. Um, don't let people fool you into thinking it is. Um, I'm an advocate that if you're hesitant on having children, then don't right. don't do it. Right. It's not for everybody. Right. Um, 
it brought out a lot of the symptoms of my ADHD. Mm-hmm. A lot of overstimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, I was getting angry, but didn't understand why. Right. Um, but now you'd have to recontext that for yourself because it's not about you. No. It's some other entity that could definitely not probably be to blame for this anger in most occasions. Oh, hundred percent. It's definitely wasn't even his fault, but children create a lot of noise. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you don't know that you have sensitivity to that, do you have, you need the calmness? I need when there's a variety of sounds happening around me, um, which in a household with a six year old and a dog is there's a lot of noises gotcha. from the TV, from toys, from the kid, like himself, the dog barking, the right. like, the constant something being at you all of the time. Right. Um, when you're the favorite person <laughs> of the household, there's a lot of things that just don't leave you alone. Right. So recognizing now that I know this about myself and mm-hmm. knowing when I need to separate myself for a period of time to regulate how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big step. <laughs> so you need uh, you need that shutdown time. I, I need, yeah, every once in a while I say, I just have to, I'm going to go to a different room for a moment and wow. just calm myself down when I feel that buildup of just like, I don't want to call it rage, but like it's 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 a kind of a, a rage, yeah. and then just one small thing will just snap, and then you're all of a sudden unreasonable, the crank, unreasonably cranky, unreasonably no cranky, yeah. And I don't like being like that. It's sure. Like, and especially, it's not anybody's fault. It's no. just an overstimulation of right. things coming at me. It's not your fault either. No, no, but Have for a long you... time. When you don't understand yes. what's happening, you feel like it's your fault. Have you blamed yourself for oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You're not anymore. Less so? Less so. So less it's so. It's hard. Like, okay. mom guilt's a thing. It's a real thing. Yes, it is. Um, I understand. So it's hard to let go of not blaming yourself. Sure. But at least now I understand what's happening right. when those situations occur. And it's a little bit, I think, easier to recognize. Right. Yeah. Okay. So from moving from this spot and traveling back a little bit. Sure. And you can see it a little bit more clearly now mm-hmm. than you could. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Um, would you, if you had the ability, mm-hmm. this is one of those questions. <laughs> if you had the ability to wave your little magic wand yeah. and blinkety-boo back there, mm-hmm. Would there have been an age or a time that you would have imparted some very particular information to yourself? A kindness or a forgiveness or a don't be a puss? Yeah, I mean, definitely we all wish we had the knowledge that we have now. 100%. But I'm happy with where I'm at in life. So it's hard to say, like, if, if doing so would change the outcome to where I'm at, I wouldn't do it fantastic that this is a a question that i've heard asked countless times uh, and all over the spectrum not just in our conversation or for people such as ourselves or for podcasts or anything but just a general question if you could flash back and do it and i would have to say that my answer to that even though people say oh i I tell my younger self this 
I can't say that I would because even though I find myself in difficult situations now, I wouldn't be able to handle it if I was somebody different. I wouldn't make these realizations. Something would very different be happening. Mm -hmm. Or it wouldn't be here at all. So I wouldn't change a single thing. My mistakes, my successes, I wouldn't change a thing. Because I'd be denying my ability now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't want to, like, I'm happy with where I sit now. You feel you're have the potential to develop further or do you think you're coming to that point where no i I, i'm good oh no there's definitely there's always room for growth and there's an always a want for for more um just just learning in general um so i don't plan to stay stagnant um that would be the wrong choice for anybody i think what's a safe choice yeah oh for sure Right. For sure. And sometimes and we're in a very unsafe time right now. So sometimes it might feel good to acquiesce back onto that. Mm -hmm. But I think periods of of I guess what's the word I'm looking for? Stagnation. Stagnation. (laughs) Stagnicity. I love it. I'm going to use it. (laughs) Let's go with stagnation. Okay. Okay. Are necessary. Yeah. Um, okay. which is kind of, I wouldn't say where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Obviously I'm new to my job and I can mm-hmm. plan on learning as much as I can and growing in that field. But like at home, mm-hmm. um, things are, I didn't work for six months. So coming back and just regaining a paycheck and kind of just rebuilding those building blocks to get us back to where mm-hmm. we were previous to me not working requires a period of stagnation. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And necessary. Yeah. And that calming influence and maybe that little piece of a shutdown time for you to move away from certain things for Mm -hmm. a time. Forced forced or no, uh, that's what you ended up getting. Yes, exactly. (laughs) We could choose to make it work for us or not work for us. Yeah. Uh, My my time of stagnation is a double-edged sword. So it's been... uh, it led me to realize my creative abilities, which are boundless. Oh, definitely. If I don't have a thing, I create it. If I need a thing to move forward, I make it. If I don't have the people around me to make it happen, I find something or create that. Mm-hmm. Or I'm always building something and moving forward. And that's always is, thinking that's of the next brush. thing. Always thinking of the next yeah. thing. Uh, I am trapped in a particular situation and I needed to start something, but I can't. Uh, I lost all my jobs when COVID hit because mm-hmm. they're almost all service-based industries. So at, at another weird time, I started the podcast because I was struggling with communication. So I thought, hey, I could maybe make some money off of this in the future. I will get to start to communicating again and I can open up about what's happened to me which was always there and everybody knew it. You knew it. My client, my clients knew it. Everybody, I knew it. Um, but it just wasn't dotted and crossed. And now that it has been, it's changed some stuff as to how I move forward in arguably uh, an unprecedented time in our most recent history. Yeah. It's been pretty crazy these last few years. Yeah. 
So, you know, we move, we all move forward differently. And that, that was what I took out of this. And part of, of bringing you in to talk to you and stuff like that is, I get, okay, I will use what you said. It is part of me reaching out, is me letting people know who are important to me, who are important to me, that I haven't forgotten anything, but that I'm not well. And other things have gone on with me. So I'm, I'm trying to make everybody that it matters to me knowing that they know that yeah, so I haven't, it personally. yeah, I haven't put anybody aside. Mm -hmm. I've just learned some really crazy stuff. Yeah. And society isn't helping me. No. And the state of the world is only getting worse. Currently. So it's yeah. hard to. It, it is. You find yourself in weird places when this goes on. But again, so I created this. Now to, to start something and relationships with my brother and so on and so forth. And I would encourage anybody, and this is going to be kind of my, my little opinion, but I, I would encourage anybody who's going through some of the stuff that, that we have or that we do uh, with or without ADHD to create something. If you're afraid of heights, go rock climbing. If you're, you know, challenge yourself and reach out to the people that actually truly matter. And I don't mean reach out in some sort of TikTok kind of way. I mean, call them. Go see them. Surprise. Well, maybe don't surprise them. Some people really, <laughs> some people really, really don't them. like that. But, you, you know, <laughs> just do something. Because the longer you're left in your own head. Mm -hmm. The harder it is to reach out. The harder and harder it's going to be. Because ultimately, your own head becomes a vacuum. Yeah, you, you imprison yourself. Yeah, you feed negativity. Mm -hmm. Did you have to break through some severe negativity or were you even aware of it? Or is that oh, just absolutely. fitting within the anxiety? No, my like go-to thoughts are always <laughs> like negative thoughts oh, okay. when thinking about myself. Okay. Not about my life in general, but me as a person. Okay. My inner dialogue is mostly a negative oh. run. Which I'm, which I'm working on. It's not, yeah. not like saying that to be like, oh, poor me. Like that's no, not, no, no, no. That's no. not at all the case, but it's just, it's something I need to work on. Yeah. Um, You've got that one little bastard voice in your head that sits there and tells you you're no good. Yeah. And it's, and honestly, like some days it's not bad. And then some days it's terrible. Yeah. Um, I have, I mean, I can't, okay. I can't say I've been diagnosed with this, but it, it, I, Give me a moment. Yeah, no, 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 that's good. <laughs> um, rejection sensitivity dysphoria. As an outside person looking in, all I'm going to tell you right now is <laughs> 100%. Validated. Okay. <laughs> I've never like gone and, and had somebody say, you have this. But I, I understand. I am a textbook case of gotcha. this. If you if you look it up, if you read the symptoms, mm -hmm. it should just have my picture right there. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's not only a run of negative thoughts that I have about myself. It's right. me putting negative thoughts of other people that probably don't even exist into my own head. It's a self-destructive. A hundred percent. And once you get caught in that whirl, mm -hmm. it's so easy to keep spiraling yes. down and hard to break that 
that pull. Okay, so here's here's one that I feel here's one that I feel I can ask you. I haven't asked anybody else this question yet because it's and yeah, and you can say no to this and this that's absolutely fine. We tend to be a little bit more self-destructive mm-hmm. and we tend to be we have that voice and when I say we have that voice that tells us negative things, I'm not saying like hey, you know, I get down on myself sometimes or, you know, I suffer from a little bit of depression. Mm -hmm. People like us, again, painting with a broad brush here, people like us literally have something in us that even when everything is fantastic, we'll find that one little thing and pull us right down. And there's nothing that we can, and it goes dark. And I mean super dark, super fast, and it can keep us there for hours, days, weeks, or months Mm -hmm. I, the last one that I had, I literally lived it for almost a year. Yeah, that's tough. It's so, and it, it was only me that could bring myself out, but it's not some, you know, little thing. This is a very, it's a, it brings us down so hard that we can literally forget about people, forget about our jobs, forget about our cleanliness, forget about how we live, our responsibility, everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not just depression. It's it's like something's living in there. It's it's a little bit darker. It it's feels. darker. It's really dark. Yeah. But through that, now you see, I went off on that tangent. And now you gotta reel it back. Now in. I gotta reel it back <laughs> in. Like, where was our? It was a point? good tangent. It was a good tangent. What was I saying to you? Um, that <laughs> you're gonna rely on my brain to remember that. Well, here it is. Um, the, the podcast number two, where you got two ADHDers losing their place. Um. We started with the rejection sensitivity. Rejection sensitivity. Um, To put that into context, uh, I am not a clinical psychologist, Mm -hmm. but I have three years in psychology. Okay. All right. I'm not a graduate. No. But I have studied. Some education. I have some education on it. And then this process of me, what I've been going through for Mm -hmm. this has been two years of hard, solid schooling. Self-education. Not just self-education. I had to go get tested. Things were getting pretty bizarre, so I had to go and get tested. This required hours and hours and hours of clinical therapists poking and prodding at me Mm -hmm. uh, and answering their questions in weird ways on videos. It was was very strange and, and slightly surreal. Um, but I'm just going to break for a brief moment here because my mic stand seems to have decided (laughs) to to free itself (laughs) from its moorings. Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed. I'm sorry, everybody. Now I'm turning it the wrong way because I'm panicking. Here we go. And you know what? I'm just that much of a psycho that I'm going to leave all of this in. Oh my God. I'm going to leave all of this in me playing with this godforsaken crank the weird sound it's making just because i amuse myself sometimes it's like watching somebody try and parallel park (laughs) (laughs) no forward backward forward backward okay we're back (laughs) um i am dangerously educated i'm educated enough to say something real but i don't actually have a full breadth context to do anything with it Mm -hmm. so part of the things that i'm going through when i i just i interrupted you and i said i completely agree with what you said um 
about separation. I've, I've just, I've done so much research on it. And I, they looked into me with that too. So how, okay, what have you, what have you done with that? What have I done? I, nothing. Um, it's a real struggle. That's probably what I struggle with the most, to be honest. Who does it apply to? The, like, I, Everybody? Con context. I'm what, sorry, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, does it, does it apply to people who are close in your life or just almost any, any personal contact? Just in general. Um, obviously like people that are close to me wear the brunt of that. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously my husband, yeah, um, yeah. unfortunately for him, um, he's definitely being put in situations that I wouldn't say are fair because my brain has made them up. Sure. Okay. Um, yep. it's, it's even like, it's not even like a real rejection. It's a perceived rejection can't be differentiated from a real one. So once I have that perceived notion, mm -hmm. that's real to me. Mm -hmm. So how do you explain that <laughs> to somebody that doesn't have that? Right. It's, it's a hard, it's a, I think there have been a lot of people who have felt as though they fell victim to somebody who had done that. You know, like it's, yeah, oh, for sure. Everything was going along fine. And then I was said I was just going out for a little while and I'd be back later. And all of a sudden I came home to a psycho. Yes. You know, and that's kind of it's the because they've had the get. time alone to create a scenario right. that hasn't happened. But right. their brain can't differentiate it from being real. Right. Or not being real. Right. Or even 100%. if you know it's not real. Like, that's the thing is, like, I know that that isn't real, but those feelings are still real. Absolutely. You know, like even if I know that that scenario is made up, the feelings that it harbors exist. 100%. And you will get the physical reaction of yes, it. You yes. get that, the chill that runs through you, that the expectation, that tightness. It's the real versus unreal. It's, I've always felt as though, and I, I think I'm saying a quote here, is that those words should be used in quotes mm -hmm. because they are interchangeable and there is... Uh, next to no line defining two of them mm -hmm. so if that's something you're still working with it oh yeah 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 and one of your it's one of the big big ones for you. yeah probably the biggest one um especially in the days of like social medias and stuff like that where mm. you you feel you've put yourself out there a little bit more which is actually like a good way to get over your sensitivities to be honest. Afraid of heights, go rock climbing. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's to put yourself out there and realize it's not that bad. Right. Um, so I, I started doing that with making little TikTok videos and posting them for people to see, right which on. is super scary. <laughs> like, cause I don't really want people to see them. You post them, but you're like, that's embarrassing. I don't want people to but see you've that. But you've done it. I have done it. That's awesome. Yeah. But no, every wicked. other day, I'm like, maybe I should just delete this whole thing. Delete no. all my social media. Self, delete because Self-doubt. Exactly. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I also have that part of me that's like, I really don't. I really don't care what people think about me because I live in my happy bubble at home. Right. And that's all that really matters to me. But then yeah. there's that sneaking little like yeah. snake that comes in with approval. its self-doubt. And, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's a cycle. Yeah. It's a cycle. I, yeah, okay, and and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Mm -hmm. I, uh, 
No, I can feel that. I'm, I'm sorry for the pauses, everybody. I'm, I'm digesting what we're talking about. I think, as I had said before, getting the challenge out there is something that I think we should do more and more because then we won't remember if we don't even try. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. I think that holds true for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but us in particular, I think, need to, when we perhaps not burst out at the moment we think of it, because that can always be inopportune. Or not thought through. Or not thought through. Uh, again, the whole, I'll jump now and learn how to fly on the way down mm -hmm. is almost the motto that I live by. <laughs> uh, but i'm i'm just pleased that you're doing that that's excellent and it's something we should all do a little bit more of not necessarily with tech talk but taking those moves and those risks no it's just finding the thing that's like you said if you're scared of heights go up a tall tower mm -hmm. take an elevator like it's just about finding what it is that you need to do that challenges that scary feeling that something gives you yeah absolutely so <sighs> We touched a little bit on the whole relationship thing. Mm -hmm. It's been. We're, I'm not going to talk about particular people because I think that that's that's rude. But I think they're not here to defend them. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but I think. Uh, my opinion on this and your opinion on this is going to be interesting. Uh, I've been privy to. Some of your. Your tries at at being with people yeah. and you definitely have been privy to some of mine correct and i have learned that uh not speaking currently but definitely in my past our selection choices for relationships were those that were either going to bring in full a destructive quality mm -hmm. or a nurturing quality but so aggressively and so much that it then becomes destructive would you do you think that that is on the relationship scale something we've done <laughs> I mean I would say that's pretty accurate um, I think for me my last relationship would have started at a time when I was starting medication for antidepressant and okay. i was on this high or numbness of this new me of feeling a different way when i got into this relationship so cool. everything seemed hunky-dory right. at the time that i didn't really pick up on the signals of like this isn't it um <laughs> but it took seven years to figure that out yeah yeah that's a killer and it's funny like when you said if you could go back and change things yeah that would be <laughs> <laughs> that would be the thing the time but, and money <laughs> but the thing the thing is is like when i think about that and i feel like i wait like yeah wasted um a good chunk of my my 20s being in a relationship that didn't serve me right um but to take that away again wouldn't put me to the relationship i'm in now it's true that's true so, so i wouldn't i wouldn't say a re okay maybe regret isn't mm, i'm going to say acknowledgement that we alone picked the people that we did mm -hmm. they weren't doing anything different 
than being who they were being. The, yeah, they showed us. They, they showed, showed us. Who they were. We chose to take things in whatever direction mm-hmm. that we did. And it was almost always destructive. Yes. Because I think, too, especially, like, they showed who they were, but I wasn't being myself. Mm-hmm. I was being a version of myself. The accepting but not version? An, yeah. The one that kept the peace. Or, right. But not an authentic version with all its weirdness. Right. Do you embrace your weirdness now? Yeah, I think so. You're good with it? Yeah. I'm okay with it now. Damn but right. I, But I'm now with somebody that yeah, in, like encourages <laughs> to be myself. Yeah. Like, I couldn't ask for a better. Yeah relationship now yeah realistically but uh, and, and again we can touch on the exact same thing you just said it but if you hadn't then you might not see this as plainly as you see a hundred percent a hundred percent i completely agree once that relationship ended i knew what i didn't want right it and spelled what, things out pretty damn clear a hundred yes and you listened uh, yes i did and then i found the right thing yeah so how long did you not listen? Seven years. Yeah. <laughs> Seven years of not listening. Um, yeah. I'm a slow learner, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, things came to a head and I now I'm happy. Yeah. So, I mean, it all worked out in the end, but I think that's what you need to take from past relationships is just learn what you're not going to do again and what you're not going to accept. Um, I've heard stories that there are actually people out there that have relationships. They're actually decent and they just decide to move on and everybody's amicable and nobody's gone off the deep end and everybody's fine. And they even still talk to one another and nobody's damaged. That's pretty impressive. I know. I think I, that's great. I think that's <laughs> wonderful. If you're I, one of those people, leave a comment down below. <laughs> I think that's wonderful that people can do that. Um, yeah. I think sometimes you don't let relationships end organically and you try and keep them together longer than another they, version of self-sabotage yeah tire yourself right out until there's absolutely it's also a left. lever to comfort though once you've been in a relationship for so long removing that is a whole different change in your life and that's, that's actually hard, that's hard to accept at the time yes it's because actually it's called just, sorry. comfortable uncomfortability yeah yeah you're so comfortable being uncomfortable that the thought of something being more rewarding or better seems i'm and then the voice comes in Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not worth that yeah and it's not even like it's not even just that but it's like once you've been with somebody in a relationship for x amount of time you Mm. build up a a life together of mm-hmm. friends and family and dogs and you yeah, know like yeah. there's a lot of connection and so when you separate it's not just a separation of you and that person it's a separate of the life that you've intertwined together yep. um which can be messy mm-hmm. um but it's also a huge for somebody that has <laughs> like anxiety mm-hmm. or deals with that that's a huge a huge change that sometimes you just can't push yourself into no no and you want to exercise as much thought as possible before you do it because you often feel you may be wrong mm-hmm. right. well exactly but then in the end it all just came to a point and it just ended the way it ended yeah. and, you know it could have been sooner <laughs> but yeah 
I'm not, I wouldn't levy that on you. If I didn't put it on myself, I've done exactly the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, my, uh, I do not self-sabotage. I believe very strongly in myself. I constantly deal with incredibly dark thoughts. They never leave. They're always there, but I, I acknowledge the fact that they're there, but I try to ignore them and I move forward in a creative way. How I sabotage myself is I use other people. I was just going to say, say I was like, yeah. Jay, your self-sabotage is the relationship That's you form correct. with other people. I use other people to sabotage myself. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a suicide by cop situation. You're getting nice some, analogy. You're no, getting true. somebody else to kind of do it for you. Because I'm asking them to. Mm -hmm. Quite so, literally. Yeah. Because I know their nature. And you know it's not a good relationship, but you... 100% follow with it anyways and I have a, a I have a kind of uh, a surety now I have a confidence now that not only comes because of me but my age or I have absolutely no problem saying that I was just interested that I had realized it mm. I would wish that I had realized it sooner <laughs> We all think that about yeah, any of our yeah, problems, though, because it yeah. would have saved us a lot of heartache in the long run. But yeah. again, you go through these things it's because true. you're learning them. Yeah. So I would say, I would say right now that I, despite some of the things that I've said in the past that you've been privy to and, and how horribly some things have gone, now I can sit here and quite confidently say, I am, I will never blame anybody for any of that. Yeah, because I it's, did that. Yeah, you put yourself in those situations, even past the advice that I might have given you at the time. <laughs> no, it's and you know, and that's it. Sometimes I check in with you because I know, and I'm sure others do it too. I check in with you to let you know that <laughs> I know it seems as though I completely ignored what you were telling me <laughs> as a close friend. Please don't take that yeah. personally. Remember that advice you gave me? I <laughs> yeah. took none of that. I, I took none of it at the time, but I heard you. <laughs> and you can say, I told you. <laughs> now, now that doesn't mean that myself or people like me are going out there and using people in some horrible way. That's not it. Uh, we just seem to have a passion for picking people that we know don't really work with us. Mm -hmm. But we'll foster it anyway. Well, it's almost like to... It's not, this is going to sound, I don't know. I don't want to say like addicted to the drama, but you get it. There's a feeling of un, like when you grow up with an uneasiness um, surrounding you, you search that out because it's comfortable to you when things aren't necessarily normal. 100%. Because that's what you're used to. Comfortable so, and comfortability. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So when you find it the other way, like the other end of the spectrum, it's... Mm -hmm so uncomfortable that you don't know how to accept it yeah well you animosity mm -hmm. just it, everything becomes animosity towards yourself towards the other person towards where you find yourself your living situation like it just it all starts to become so sour mm -hmm. everybody throws around the word toxic i i get it but in context like this it's a creation it's something that has soured it wasn't poison to begin with. You've just created a, a souring situation for yourself, but you kind of knew you were going to. Yeah, it's like mixing two ingredients that don't 
yeah. belong together exactly and expecting the same it to taste nice. But you still sit there, you keep mixing, and yep. then you... you You're like, if I just stir a drink. little bit more. Then, and then you drink it, because we're crazy then. Yeah, because and, like, I can't even say like my behavior in that relationship wasn't spot on either. You know what I mean? No, and I think anybody who says that has bigger issues, because I'm sorry, it's always a two-way street. Always. Always looking back it's it's funny because you're like i wouldn't act like that now probably not you know but given the situation you act out in certain ways that you wouldn't necessarily that's right do based on what's happening around you yeah i have i have a completely different level of confidence now so there's no way i would do that because i know what that would do to another person mm -hmm, yeah and as you said yep. i can spot that the, the drink that isn't going to go down well, I see it now and I'm not going to drink it. Like it's <laughs> the time has passed and we know. Yes. It only took a few tries, but we got there. <laughs> we, we almost croaked a couple of times, but yeah, we finally got it a couple of glasses later or half a bar in my case. Uh, but anyway, uh, I also find just as a weird little side note, stuff like that is a weird type of stimming because when you have two very dissimilar things, yet you, put aside something to try to mix it mm -hmm. you know that chaos is going to come mm -hmm. and if it doesn't come you know it's going to come from yourself because you know you're going to react You'll a certain create. way yeah so that's going to bring up a lot of emotion a huge amount of dopamine mm -hmm. because you're going to argue you're going to fight you're going to have turmoil you're going to have the drama that you say that you hate mm -hmm. so much get cause <laughs> and i point that finger at myself um, and that is an ultimate, it's no different than jumping out of a plane. The adrenaline rush. A, an adrenaline rush mm -hmm. for truly a strong argument with somebody who is just as dangerous as you are. Mm -hmm. It's volatile. It's volatile. Yeah. And you get a huge rush. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Just not in a good way. No, not in a it's good, but if you're searching it for it, any bit will do. Yes. It doesn't matter how no. you get it as long as you get that feeling. <laughs> Well, I can't help but think that, and I've said this with some others, this is a part one. Would you feel comfortable enough doing a part two? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Because we just kind of covered the recent years. We didn't, we haven't talked about. Divulged into. Some other things. Uh, how actually, we met. How we met, which was interesting, to say the least. The things that we did through that time where a period of not talking to one another a period of not that's a good one <laughs> that's a, oh the animosity mm -hmm. oh. so this could be could seen as a, a success story yeah and it's funny because it, not the end of that last relationship brought back on the continuation of our relationship yes. as it stands today it's right it did yeah So, yes, that was, um, I was dealing with some stuff. You were definitely dealing with mm -hmm. some stuff at that. You were mad at me, weren't you? I don't know if mad is the right, the right word. I, I guess I was mad. It was just like we had very different points of view of what happened. Right. And I felt that we were left on a... I don't even know how to describe it's it, a, but we were holding grudges. Yeah, big time. We were both holding My grudges, but for different reasons. Yeah. And so it was hard to, we just left it at that. 
we just one day yeah. left it at that and that's where it stayed um and then at the end of my last relationship i had reached out to you yes um to go into finding some solace in photography with you yes um and we rebuilt from there yeah and so well that's a perfect that is a perfect thing to jump into because i've only had one other person that i've talked to so far that i've worked with in that arena mm-hmm. and it is a very particular arena and one that i've advertised on part of this channel uh i don't go into it a lot as of yet but those times are coming as i've worked with a lot of people but in our particular case this was very much a this wasn't a bucket list this was a, a coming home uh fixing uh you did you have to settle some things for yourself yeah i had um rebuilding broken yeah um and i needed to find some pieces Mm -hmm. and i thought that doing the photography with you would help me i don't know see myself in a different light Mm -hmm. or try just try something that scared me because i don't want yeah i'm not comfortable being in front of a camera yeah um being in front on a podcast alone is a a level of vulnerability that that's hard for me but i understand and thank you again (laughs) so that it was a challenge it was a challenge to myself that was stemmed from the departure of that relationship so were you testing yourself yes testing and rebuilding yes i i am this person i can do this it was a regaining of trying to regain some confidence that had been stepped on for seven years and even though we had been out of it for some time a few years at least it was three Three. okay okay sorry who's counting (laughs) i was (laughs) because i i felt the absence i did but and then this came up and i was like whoa you know it's all it's all back but this is definitely a very particular fragile special thing Mm -hmm. so why did you pick to do that with me I trusted you, despite our three years. Yeah, no, <laughs> three okay. years listen, of don't get don't get saucy with me now. <laughs> despite that three years of absence, I I yeah. trusted you, um, and I so I didn't like who else would I reach out to to sure. do that with you know especially just due to the nature of the photography right. itself um, is definitely a level of vulnerability that absolutely and that's very raw. I think I was very surprised and you were very that and i think at the time too that was still a new ish it was that particular genre for me Mm -hmm. was new at the time it was like kind of the starting point of where you've headed that's correct that's correct so i think it kind of meshed well that we were both trying to figure something out yeah and then eventually i stepped back and realized that that wasn't really for me yep um no regrets in doing it for sure i just learned that being in front of the camera wasn't my jam yeah and i stepped back to just help you yep. with that process on the other side mm-hmm. of the pictures and you did great yeah and i enjoyed that cool. i love that yeah did it was it a good thing for you did you feel good about it though yes i definitely did it needed to be done it needed to be done and i'm glad i did it and i'm glad i know now that that's just not really the being in front of the camera just wasn't for right. me right. it wasn't right for me mm-hmm. but uh, there's no regrets in doing it to find that out okay yeah 
Beautiful. I, I love the work that we did. Uh, I, I always love the work that we did. Uh, it was in part an influence for me to move in other directions when I was looking at it. I had very, nobody really knows, but I've been an established photographer for almost 28 years now. And, or sorry, excuse me, 38 years before I started being a tattooist. And I had done some typical stuff and then I was doing all those first cutting of the teeth thing for photographers where you do weddings and bar mitzvahs and family events and stuff. And I realized I was killing myself through, um, I'm going to say mediocrity of it. I am not putting down anybody that does that type of work. It's necessary. It's important. Everybody likes it. It could be a lot of fun. It's great. It wasn't inspiring you. No, not where I was going at all. Mm-hmm. And then I had to find where I was going. I had done some early, early work, but it was it was quite sporadic. It was in the early 80s, and it was an uneducated form of that work at the time. And I really had to reassemble myself a number of times to get to the level where I had the confidence to invite that in as, as subject matter that I would work with. Mm-hmm. Because I had to be more of a confident person to handle it appropriately. Yes. Because it's definitely a sensitivity. 100%. And I have a fairly good running to this day and hopefully ongoing relationship with everybody that I've worked with because of how I treat things. Absolutely. Um, But that doesn't... People seem to lose grasp of that. And I know that I didn't want to take it on until I was 100% sure that I was delivering the best, the safest, the most reasonable, fun Mm -hmm. situations that I possibly could. And it served me. So I guess with that being said, where I reached out to you during this time and you just starting this new aspect of your photography or genre of photography, um, how did you feel about doing that with me? Or how did that influence where you headed, I guess? Especially because this is just like, this was like a very out of the blue message that it I had was. sent you. And us yeah. not talking for three years. It I was. Listen, man. Uh, <laughs> get it. Um, and then we just jumped right into that together. Yeah. yeah. It was, well, you know, it was an entire bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an as a long-term artist, as a person who has supported themselves in the arts with their hands their whole life thus far and continuing on somehow, um, it was elating. It was wonderful because you get to feel as though somebody has this faith and trust that you will not, you will not shake. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be solid. You're going to keep it. And then, of course, my all my personal stuff about wanting to represent you well, do the best that I possibly can for you. I want you to get a sense of strong feeling when you look at the work that we've done, so on and so forth. Is Even if it's uh, that scares me, it's still a compelling feeling or I feel awesome by this or look at me. and th- mm-hmm. This is great. Um, it scared the living shit out of me. Uh <laughs> I, I could say that now, honestly, because I actually hold 
to this day when I work with people, whether I've worked with them before or not, I'm always nervous. Mm -hmm. And I never, ever, ever want to lose that because it keeps me on my toes. It keeps me centered, focused on the job at hand and lets me know that I'm here to be creative, not just for myself, but for them. They're counting on it. They're counting on me being a top-notch person. Mm -hmm. And I have to deliver that. And I really like that part of myself. When I was doing that with you, I was confronted with this person that I felt I owed an explanation to. Because of missed time. Three years, to be exact. Yeah, three, three years. <laughs> Everybody, she's going to pay for this, I swear to God. Uh, it, I felt I owed an explanation. As you know, communication is my love language. So I was so much into communicating with you that this was a form of communication that needed to happen mm -hmm. to put aside three years. <laughs> <laughs> three years of perceived problem that quite honestly it didn't was... didn't need to exist. It didn't. It was another it was, one of those. It was almost fabricated. I'd say... There may have been about 20% in there that was legit that we probably needed to talk about. Yeah. But the rest of it was, it was just, just stacking and packing yeah. foolishness on top Absolutely. of foolishness. Absolutely. But so, I think it served us well. Again, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. It's true. It's very true. You know, and um, as as for the final bit of that question, it, it scared the crap out of me. But ultimately... It fed a particular type of confidence in me to help me move even more forward. Because if I'm correct now, my memory and timelines is not awesome. But I if I am correct, you at the time were also coming to an end of a relationship. Am I correct in that? Yeah, I it was it had. Uh, it had recently ended yes. at that time. So we and were both kind of in that same We were. Um, I had security, however. Um, I had financial security. I was doing very well on all my business fronts at that time. Uh, and I had, I had people that I could speak to. Mm -hmm. But I had nobody that I could create with right not a soul uh, uh, I do multiple forms of, of photographic work um, I am I'm not quite into street level smash and grab although I can appreciate it it's, it's not really my genre but I do automotive architectural and human form and I had been doing automotive and architectural and some street level work for quite some time o over a decade by that point and all of the other things that I then stopped and and moved on but human form takes a very particular type of confidence mm -hmm. to get the work that you want because I do not I'm a fine art photographer for that uh, that's not boasting fine art is by definition where you have to create the entire surrounding and atmosphere of the character that you're working with. Everything is created. There is nothing natural about it. Mm -hmm. So everything is a creative process. And uh, our work together was the first time that I had the full breadth of confidence to say, 
I know this looks extraordinarily strange, but I need you to turn this way, do this, and be in this corner doing this Get thing this with absolutely nothing. <laughs> or even better, will Ashley fit in it? <laughs> How many items could I get Ashley to fit in? I think people need to understand that I'm a tiny human. Yes, it's okay. Fair enough. Ashley is uh, five, five two. No, no, no. I'm between five and five one. Okay. And um, a hundred pounds on a good day. Right. So. so I really enjoyed stuffing Ashley into things. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, it's true. <laughs> I, for my work. My my muse, my vessel was stuffed into many, many things <laughs> trying to figure out what would work. And that that's it's strong. And I think every artist would be graced to have somebody such as yourself oh. to get them into that that point, because from there it can foster confidence. Yeah. And that I, has taken me all over the world. I really so. think we worked in that period of our both of our lives that, that we well. really worked on that for each other in that yeah. moment my confidence outside of the arts had taken a massive slam mm. so building it up within the arts definitely helped and and you were a huge part of that and i'm forever grateful yeah. so another reason as to why the three years <laughs> just seemed even more stupid to me at the time i even started to get a little angry about that yeah even after we had reconciled that we have gone back and forth we have. about that we have numerous times but in the end it, <laughs> it, i mean it's worked out yeah. and i think yeah. maybe that made us appreciate each other as friends i'd like to think so even more yeah. because it was stupid and it, it didn't need to happen guys but like, it was so stupid it was <laughs> it was you heard mitch on the first podcast admit that she got mad at her husband for three days over carrots um this is almost that stupid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We turned it, it into something. That it could really have been didn't. reconciled a lot quicker. 100%. But again, both of us being the way we are. Stubborn? Because of, well, that and because <laughs> a, a time has passed. Yeah. And we're not communicating. So yeah. it's easy for us to continue to not c communicate with yeah. each other. That non-permanence thing really kind of played in yeah. there quite well. Only I didn't realize I was doing it at the time. Well, no. Me neither. But no. it was easy it to happen that way well so. i feel as though we've scratched we've gone kind of deep a little bit a little did. bit but we've only scratched a couple of other things i like this uh back and forth the roundabout here um soon enough i'll be able to get my uh, comment section working i'm still working a lot of this stuff out and i would like to hear from people eventually as to uh i've already had positive notes on the type of communications that I'm having with the people that I'm having on and I don't really want to change the format but I do like a back and forth more than just a Q&A uh, I think there's a lot more to it than that so this is hopefully the seed of things to come yet once again so I think at this point we should probably give her a call yeah we could be here all day we could be here all day because <laughs> Ashley and I haven't seen each other in a little bit so we're going to play the whole catch-up game as well <laughs> So I, I don't want to bore our listeners with any of that. But what I will say is, is that we've scratched some surface here. There's definitely some things that we could revisit. Mm -hmm. I definitely like to go in a little bit more about how you've made your job decisions work with how you're restructuring your life and new knowledge that has come into it, how that's affected your family, both extended and within. 
and uh, a little bit of where you think you are now compared to where you were before. Okay. So we've hit a lot of other stuff. Yeah, surface level stuff, I think. For surface level for some deep, of it. Uh, we've alluded to some uh, past uh, oddness between us, but there you have it. <laughs> um, so what I'm going to say is uh, thank you very much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Anytime. And we're definitely going to get a part two out of this. I know I say that about everybody, but it's true. <laughs> and uh, just thank everybody for tuning in. And we'll be talking to you again next Wednesday when the new podcast comes out. Take care. Be safe, everybody. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, the end of podcast four. It was truly fantastic to have Ashley on, and I thank her again so much for taking the time out of her schedule to do, to join me. And I I can't help but apologize for, I, I was fairly twitchy during that interview, and I was touching my mic stand a fair amount. And obviously, it came off at one point during the interview, and I am sorry for that. It's, it's not normal that I am that that fidgety behind it but anyway as i say that's the end of part four we're going to move on to our next podcast coming in of course on the following wednesday after this one so thank you all very much for joining us uh remember we only go around one time out there so don't judge anybody too harshly go out there and be awesome stay safe and hold fast 